Guys, good morning. We're back with it. Should you eat carbs or shouldn't you? But the question really is, what happens when you don't eat carbs or you go low carb? Well, I got the information for you backed by research. What really happens? Let's take a look for you people who are scared of carbs. If you don't eat carbs, guys, you're going to lack nutrients as simple as B vitamins, vitamin C. You know, think of fruits, veggies, fibrous carbs, a lot of these good stuff we need in our diet. We don't have that coming in. Problems happen, yeah? Going low or low carb can cause constipation and irregular digestion. Of course, if we're not eating the fibrous carbs, it's not good for our belly issues. You can have pain and cramps. So make sure you are getting your fiber in, yeah? You also don't feel as satisfied for long after a meal if you're not eating enough carbs and fiber. So we want to make sure that our hunger and our like our hunger like the regulation systems working properly we want to make it as easy as possible not to be always thinking about food all day um and obviously fiber does slow down digestion as well um so if we cut carbs and cut fiber we're in a bit of a pickle and a 2011 study found that those who consumed more fiber actually have smaller appetites and ate fewer high calorie foods yep Another thing low carb or no carb can do is it causes low energy and difficulty in concentration. So the brain is, uses carbs as energy, guys. It's the main thing it needs, glucose. The brain runs on sugar, basically. Um, and, you know, it you can convert glucose in your muscles and stuff. And, you know, you can go into ketosis, which takes time and it's even harder to maintain. But the brain just wants the juicy glucose, yeah? And if we don't give it to it, hard to focus. We get brain fog and stuff like that. Um, headaches and dizziness and I think a lot of people who do go you know on a on a in, in a deficit and low calorie you would experience you go on a workout and you feel like kind of faint and dizzy after it and stuff like that could be that you're really low on carbs lo low on sugar and you just need a bit of carbs in your diet so you know don't be scared to eat carbs and if you go too low carb or low carb they can spike cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and cause dehydration. So in women specifically as well, high cortisol can contribute to irregular cycles or missed periods as well. Um, and just remember, I said yesterday as well, carbs, one gram of carb will bring in three grams of water into your cells. But that's awesome because it hydrates the muscles and the tissues. You can do a good strength workout. Contractions are good. Um, but when you go too low, dehydrated, tired, you, you feel like a bit stringy, we call it. Your training's not as good. Cramps and GI issues, it's not good, yeah? So you can have that happening. And a low-carb or no-carb no, no diet can lead to muscle loss as well. So there was a study in the Netherlands that looked at three diets, high-carb, moderate-carb, and low-carb. And they found the only group that saw uh, an increase in urine nitrogen, which means protein breakdown, was the low-carb, meaning muscle was getting lost or broken down. So we don't want to lose our muscle gains. So when we're in a deficit, we've got to think, we, there's, there's always, like the moderation approach is the best, yeah? With moderate cal approach is the best with a moderate deficit on high protein. That's giving you the best chance possible of not losing muscle and hopefully gaining muscle. But I think a lot of people look at calves and think that it's evil, it's the devil, it's like sugar. And there's books out there by like Dr. This, Dr. That, like Dr. Fung, what's his name? Dr. Jason Fung or whatever his name is. They're all just trying to sell on a Gary tubes or whatever. They've all been debunked, but they've got really, really compelling arguments. Like, you know, sugar's the devil. You're like, yeah, sugar must be bad and all this. And like, you know, realizing like that broken down carbs, glucose, sugar, it's just the breakdown. Like fruit is sugar, albeit natural sugar. 
Um, and I think it's easy to demonise a singular thing and use that. Like, it's, exact, it's exactly what political parties back in the day were doing. It's what people do all the time. You demonise one group of people or one thing, it's easy to rally the troops and be like, yeah, you're to blame. Immigrants are to blame. Hitler's like, the Jews are to blame. You know what I mean? Russia's a like, capitalism to blame and then America's like, communism's to blame. Like, as long as you have a singular focus of attack, it's easy to persuade people. And you've got to watch out for this. It's an easy manipulation of the brain. Um, you know, that's why centrist parties don't work in politics because they're in the middle going, why don't we do a bit of left and a bit of right? Why don't we have a look at both? Nah, mate, no one, no one wants that. No one wants nuance when it comes to it. And the same as this. So look at carbs as either good or bad in people's mind, but of course it's not good or bad. Too many, too many carbs, is it needed? No. Is it needed to have loads of carbs? No. Is it good to have carbs enough to have energy and all its benefits? Of course it is. Does everyone have the same tolerance for carbohydrates? No. Example, um, Emma Dean, or one of her turtle members, like, you know, she wanted, she was trying to lose a bit of fat, and her carbs on the app were moderate, whereas we try and do moderate, but some for some people that moderate might be a bit too high. And I suggested we drop the carbs a bit, just see what happens, and boom, straight away, water retention dropped, and she felt, not only that, that's not the main thing, she felt better. Okay, she felt better. Maybe there was a bit too much fibre in the diet. And that can cause problems as well. There's a bit too much or too little of things. So we've got to find the right balance. Um, running away from a, from carbs just because you think it causes fat gain, is, it doesn't happen. Your water retention goes up, but more water in the muscle is a good thing. Okay? It is a good thing. But here's another stat. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll actually explain what I think this means in, in a sense. But... A study found that those who consume the least amount of carbs, right, were 32% more likely to die prematurely of any cause. This was in a comparison with participants who ate the most carbs. In addition, low-carb consumers were 51% more likely to die from coronary heart disease, 50% more likely to die from um, cerebrovial vascular disease, um, and 35% more likely to die of cancer. The associations were strongest among older non-obese people. These results were replicated in a meta-analysis of the research, which found that the overall risk of death from any cause was 50% higher in people who consumed the least amount of carbs, and the risk of cardiovascular death was 30% higher. Now, causation, causation, correlation, causation, all this stuff, you know, these studies probably need a bit more looking into. Um, but what I think happening here is the people that tend to go low-carb tend to be quite extreme in their method, methods of eating. They tend to, tend to go... Um, extreme in the activity sometimes they try and like they it's a kind of punishment mechanism and that's a high stress environment and they're really low calories well and it's all kind of bad news for the body so you got to watch out for this mindset guys it's hard to get over to start with but if you can just accept that sometimes your water weight is going to go up and down and your weight is going to fluctuate um, and you, you deal with it and it's not the end of the world and you eat carbs and you can eat good fats and good proteins that's where we want to be the moderation place that's the key place we want to be yeah and i think um too many people are scared of carbs so another solution i looked at so like when we look at uh how to stick to a deficit or stick to a certain way of eating the studies are very very clear on this you have to eat a macro split that suits your food your dietary preferences that's why we built the macro preferences tool if you eat more fat from your diet because you're vegan, slide up the fat on your macro preferences and lower your carb. If you eat more carb because of 
your way of living, you prefer to eat lots of fruits and your carb intake is higher and you're going over, slide up the carb to give you more carbs. This really, you think it's such a small change. It's one of the biggest things you can do is to be in line with your food preferences, with your macros. As long as protein, obviously, is where it needs to be for the benefits of eating a high-protein diet, your fat and carb ratio needs to be with the foods you like. I love fruit. I love fruit, right? Every day I have to have fruit. I have to have fruit, fruit, fruit. High in carbs, in the end of the day, it is. I get a bit of mango, a bit of watermelon, get a this and a Like, you know, some days I'll have 80, 900 grams of my carbs come from fruit. I love it. So am I to battle my love of fruit and reduce my carb intake and then not be able to eat fruit? And then not even anything else on top. Like I love a piece of toast as well, I love a bagel. So for me, I need a moderate carb um, intake minimum. I'm not really a carb monster as they call it. Like I, I can't consume too many carbs. I get, I do get lethargic and stuff. So I know my limits in terms of my carb intake. But I definitely need to be 150, 200 grams of carbs a day. So I need to sneak carbs. Yeah, the foods I love got carbs in them. What can I say? I don't know what to say about it. And the same for you. Like, think about it. What foods do you love? Have a look at the breakdown. Put in the app. Are they higher in carb? Are they higher in fat? Like, where where is your split preference? Let me know. And then let's work on making sure your split preference um, is there. And then another thing. There was a study in 2005... Um, that showed that over 50% of participants who had unrealistic expectations of their goals dropped out within a year of starting any diet or health program. So the higher the expectations, the higher attrition. Unrealistic weight goals should be tackled at the very beginning of any fitness journey. So if you, you know, this five-week challenge, realistically, what can you get out of it? A lot of mental health stuff, 100%. You can get out of it, huge amounts. You're going to get stronger. You're going to drop body fat, no doubt. But we're not going to be unrealistic and think huge, huge, mega changes. But it's the start of things or the re, re the, the confirmation, the reconfirmation of things in your lifestyle. So it's important that we look at these things. And th- I think the the expectations comes as well from if it's in line with your food preferences and all we're doing is reducing total volume, that's much it's easier much easier to do than completely change proof, proof food preferences from someone who loves carbs and then you're eating no carbs. Right? That doesn't work. That doesn't work. And then you need to look at your environment. Your environment will change you. So manipulate it. Use your brain. Manipulate your environment to work better for you. Like if some of you have seen the live workers I'm in, I got a massive portrait of Steve Jobs and Napoleon on my kitchen wall and a memento mori in between. Why have I got that there? You might be thinking, is he a weird man? Well, maybe I am weird. But what the reason I'm doing it is manipulate my environment. Every time I go in for a coffee in the morning, I see two men that achieve more in their lifetimes than other people combined in their generations. It just it just reminds me that so much can be done with your human life. And in the middle is memento mori. Remember, you will die. Remember, death. Things come to an end. Am I going to waste my days in my morning dragging my feet, going, oh god, I'm so tired? Or am I going to look at them and go? It's possible to achieve crazy stuff on this planet in a time where you're I'm not saying ambition is everything, I'm not saying achieve these huge things is the only goal, but it just gives me that kick up the ass every morning when I get my coffee. And I've planned my environment to give me that kick in the ass. Maybe in a year's time I'll switch them off for someone else. But for now, we're doing this job. Maybe I should put a bottle of water or like I should have water ready on the table so every time I walk in the kitchen I see water, I see water as the KY, I drink a bit of water, get my water in in the morning. 
Do you know what I mean? Maybe you wake up, my clothes are ready there for me to go put on and go for a walk straight away. I've got a beanie there, clothes, trainers, socks, coat, scarf, whatever I need to go out in the cold in the morning. That should be there. Wake up, put it on, walk out. Make it easy. Make it easy. Um, read Atomic Habits because it's the best book on this. But really think about those types of things. Not just like, you know, throw out junk food. You know, maybe that doesn't work for you because you just go and order from a shop anyway. And if you live in London, you get anything delivered in 10 minutes. It's horrible. Um, but really, like the motivational stuff or like the realization, the, the reconfirmation of your values is a good one, is a good thing to remind yourself every day. Sometimes we don't see them too much. We get sucked into this world, online media. We get, we don't remind ourselves of the values you want to live by. Um, and I think like, you know, men, boys in general tend to have these on from younger age because you've got some more sports heroes and it's changing now and it's great to see more women sports getting bigger and stuff like that more attention so more younger people younger girls will have more like a bigger range of uh, female heroes which is definitely going to help people and I think for you as well look at who who you who admire who you admire um and like you know put them as a prominent place where you're you, you spend a lot of your time it just works it just works um and then you know another thing to make sure that you are sticking to things i know it's week two you might be hitting the valley of despair by week three but tracking is just you know still the best hack you can do tracking your weight tracking your progress tracking your macros keeping a training log like you do and all these things have a huge impact on results um in 2015 there was a study that showed overweight women who use pedometers lost six times more weight than women who didn't um so, you know, this doesn't mean that I, I can go and buy a pedometer and sit down with it. It just means that knowing where we're at, we improve what we can measure. But if the measure becomes the goal, that's the prop. there's a problem there. But we track things to know where we're going. And I think a lot of people posting in the Facebook group now with, you know, the volume from week one to week two is nearly double. Sometimes it's a third up, sometimes it's over double. Amazing. Now you start seeing, oh, I get it. I get it. Yes, we started week one a bit lower, a bit, but a bit easier. But week two, we've really upped our volume, and some of us have upped our weights. Week three, that's up our weights, up our reps, and you start seeing total volume going up, and then it starts clicking. Oh, this is what it means to train properly, strength train properly. It's the progression that matters, not just going all out, all like just crazy workouts day in day out with no direction. Do you know what I mean? So this is the same for everything. Same for your macros. Like, can you this week get a bit closer to your macro goal from last week? That's all it is. And then the next week, can you can you do the same? And can you increase your steps a bit? Then the week after, can you do that, increase your steps and do all the workouts this time instead of just one? And it's just about these small progressions every week. That's all we need to make huge changes over time. Really is, it really is, that, that's, that's, that is the trick. Um, so, and it's good news. Brilliant news, if anything, that we don't have to be doing all these crazy, huge changes um, all of a sudden, and we got to be completely different people, like right now. That's not what we're asking, and that's not even what works properly. What works properly is the slow progression. Um, but hopefully that was helpful. Please do start thinking about your food preferences and what kind of breakdown of macros they are, and start working your macros around them, and making sure you use the macro preferences tool to, to adjust and you'll pretty much be on track for a massively successful five weeks. Um, but yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the session with David as well. Like, please watch them back if you're not watching them. I think they're important to uh, 
really important actually to, to to listen to you there's so much information in them that's awesome it really breaks down what happens in strength training muscle breakdown and stuff like that but i'll be back tomorrow with a few more studies um and if you've got any questions for us let us know uh, another workout today in the morning with dr p in the evening with me and then tomorrow we got the stoicism session as well with casey so again we've got a big week guys i'm off I hope you walk in, by the way. I hope you enjoy your walk. But I am off. And I hope you have a great day. And remember, you one big thing. Another way to phrase you one big thing is, what can I do today that's going to give me the biggest relief that it's been that it's done? Oh, you might be in the back of your head. Oh, I still haven't tracked. Like, if you tracked, what, how much relief would I give you for finally getting it done? Think about that. What's the one big thing today that's going to give you the biggest relief? And go and do it now. Stop messing about. Good luck.